Hey friends, welcome to another episode of This Sovereign Life, where we aim to inspire you to escape the mediocrity that we've been conditioned to see as success, and instead pursue a life of joy and peace and adventure and love, everything that you imagined and more, because I believe that that is what's available to us, that's what we're meant for, and it has just been conditioned out of us within societies that are built around profit and greed and many other things. So jumping into the episode today, I want to address something that has been coming up a lot in my realm, uh, something that I see a lot in general these days, and that is the um, almost jubilant prediction of doom and gloom. Uh, people everywhere pointing out how the world is going to hell, how bad things actually are with all of these different reasons, right? And from different sides, um, the reasons are different. So uh, we all live according to our own perspective, our own experiences. That's just the way it is. And so often what we see is truth or fact or what we see is something that's potentially going to happen or possibly going to happen, that varies widely across the board based on who you are. Um, but a common theme that I see is this theme of of pointing out the negative of talking about how terrible things are or how terrible things are getting, right? And I'm not saying that I have not had those feelings and thoughts myself, Um, But there's something that I want to read you from a book that to me seems relevant, it seems important, and it's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately because one thing that I have started to realize and started to wonder is, are, are are we naturally built, are we created for all of this pessimism and negativity or... Is that something that we have developed? Is that something that maybe is not from God? And I have a whole theory on that, which I think probably deserves its own episode. But if you read almost any creation story, uh, I'm familiar mostly with the creation story of the Bible, but if you read almost any creation story, uh, men or humanity was not created with the overlying theme of evil and negativity. Humanity was created in beauty, purity, and greatness. And then there was a fall, so to speak, or a, you know, a, a, a entering in of evil. Um, if you're familiar with any creation story, you would know that. Uh, and like I said, that deserves its own episode, but there's something that I want to read to you here at the beginning of this episode as I talk on the subject, because It's uh, something that really stood out to me, and so here we go. This is an excerpt from the book called The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. I think that's how you say his name. Um, It's a good book in general, but this particular portion is the one that I want to point out today. Okay. For reasons I have never understood, people like to hear that the world is going to hell. That's a quote from historian Deirdre McCloskey. McCloskey. Optimism is the best bet for most people because the world tends to get better for most people most of the time. But pessimism holds a special place in our hearts. Pessimism isn't just more common than optimism. It also sounds smarter. 
it's intellectually captivating, and it's paid more attention than optimism, which is often viewed as being oblivious to risk. Sound familiar? Before we go further, we should, devi- we should define what optimism is. Real optimists don't believe that everything will be great. That's complacency. Optimism is a belief that the odds of a good outcome are in your favor over time, even when there will be setbacks along the way. The simple idea that most people wake up in the morning trying to make things a little better and more productive than wake up looking to cause trouble is the foundation of optimism. It's not complicated. It's not guaranteed either. It's just the most reasonable bet for most people most of the time. The late statistician Hans Rosling put it differently. I am not an optimist. I am a very serious possibilist. Now, we can discuss optimism's more compelling sibling, pessimism. December 29th, 2008. The worst year for the economy in modern history is about to close. Stock markets around the world had collapsed. The global financial system was on a day, was on day-to-day life support. Unemployment was surging. As things looked like they couldn't get worse, the Wall Street Journal published a story arguing that we hadn't seen anything yet. It ran a front-page article on the outlook of a Russian professor named Igor Panarin, whose economic views rivaled the flair of science fiction writers. The journal wrote, Around the end of June 2010, or early July, Panarin says the U.S. will break into six pieces, with Alaska reverting to Russian control. California will form the nucleus of what he calls the Californian Republic and will be part of China or under Chinese influence. Texas will be the heart of the Texas Republic, a cluster of states that will go to Mexico or fall under Mexican influence. Washington, D.C. and New York will be part of, an, of Atlanta or Atlantic America that may join the European Union. Canada will grab a group of northern states, Professor Panarin calls the Central North American Republic. Hawaii, he suggests, will be a proctoritate, or how do you say that, protectorate, I really butchered that word, of Japan or China, and Alaska will be subsumed into Russia. This was not the ramblings of a backroom blog or tinfoil hat newsletter. This was on the front page of the most prestigious financial newspaper in the world. It is fine to be pessimistic about the economy. It's even okay to be apocalyptic. History is full of examples of countries experiencing not just recessions, but disintegrations. The interesting thing about Panarin-type stories is that their polar opposite, forecasts of outrageous optimism, are rarely taken as seriously as prophets of doom. Take Japan in the late 1940s. The nation was gutted by defeat from World War II in every way economically, industrially, culturally, socially. A brutal winter in 1946 caused a famine that limited food to less than 800 calories per person per day. Imagine if a Japanese academic had written a newspaper article during this time that said, Chin up, everyone. Within our lifetime, our economy will grow to almost 15 times the size it was before the end of the war. Our life expectancy will nearly double. Our stock market will produce returns like any other country in history has rarely seen. We will go more than 40 years without ever seeing unemployment top 6%. We will become a world leader in electronic innovation and corporate managerial systems. Before long, we will be so rich that we will own some of the most prized real estate in the United States. 
Americans, by the way, will be our closest ally and will try to copy our economic insights. They would have been summarily laughed out of the room and asked to seek a medical evaluation. Keep in mind, the description above is what actually happened in Japan in the generation after the war. But the mirror opposite of Panarin looks absurd in a way a forecast of doom doesn't. So when I first read that, it really hit me kind of deep because I've realized or I do realize that I am a person that probably went most of my life with a more pessimist, pessimistic point of view. And I would say that I definitely fell into the category of seeing pessimism as more intelligent, more wise, you know, you can see what's coming, that kind of thing, right? But in the past few years, that pessimism and negativity really started to turn into a burden. And I began to realize that I wanted to feel lighter. I wanted to feel more joy and I wanted to feel more peace. And one thing that really struck me is that uh, thoughts, that the thoughts that we have, the beliefs that we have and the, the, you know, ways, the ways of thinking that we perpetuate really do have a big impact on our reality. They have a big, huge impact on what we experience, right? Um, We often tend to think that our thoughts come from our environment, but I think more than we realize our environment is created by our thoughts. And so we get into this cycle, into this kind of um, snowball effect of believing that you know the world is out to get us everything's going to hell everything's wrong and then we start to look for all the reasons why we're right about that but over time uh, i don't know if you can relate to this but over time for me that no longer was satisfying it was no longer romantic or you know uh it didn't even feel smart anymore it just felt heavy and i wanted to experience more lightness. And so when I I read this passage, um, and I'd already been exploring the idea of changing our thoughts, changing, changing my beliefs, changing the way I thought and believed to create more joy. Um, And ultimately, it's truly the only thing that makes sense, right? We talk a lot about taking responsibility for our circumstances, and we have all these different viewpoints on it. And our realities, in my opinion, um, are impacted by a couple factors, one of them being our upbringing, right? As children, we don't have the capacity, we don't have the ability to do anything on our own. And so our parents' belief systems and thought processes are what is are what's influencing us the most. Then we become a certain age and without realizing it we already have these belief systems and these thought patterns ingrained into us and so we usually carry those into adulthood and we try to make them we we believe that they're our own, right? But they usually didn't just come from us only. They came from our adult influences in those young years. And then as we grow up, if we don't have a an empowering belief system or if we don't have a, a way or guidance system for changing belief systems that don't serve us, we usually just tend to perpetuate the belief systems and the thought patterns that we already have. So what I've discovered over time or just over the past few years is that really the thing within our realm of control is our 
thoughts and our beliefs, right? And what I've experienced in real time for myself is that when I change my thoughts and beliefs, I can change my entire reality. I can change my entire experience. No, I'm not just automatically changing all of my external circumstances, but I'm changing how I experience them, right? And I think as we change how we experience our circumstances, then we can over time often change our circumstances themselves because we have a different perspective, we have a different impact, and we have a different trajectory ultimately. So when I read this passage, it was also interesting to realize that even with all of our negative thoughts, right, um, the the outcome often is much brighter than we are predicting with our pessimism. And so we can, cont- so we think all of this stuff is very real, right? This whole like uh, doom and gloom and, and sitting on our high horse predicting that this is why this is going to happen, right? Um, first this and then this. And, uh, you know, a lot of that is going on now. And I think it happens in every generation. And I understand it because, you know, as people get older, they see a lot of reality or a lot of society change. And for most of us, that can often feel like a threat, that can feel like a threat to to truth. It can feel like a threat to society and it can just feel like, ah, man, I wish it was the way it used to be. Right. Um, another thing about that though, is that often our vision of the past is seen through rose colored glasses. So there again, it's all about perspective, right? So it's interesting because the question is, if you can understand this, right, if we can start to understand that optimism is actually not any less intelligent. In fact, maybe a lot of times it's more intelligent than pessimism. So in reality, our pessimism isn't smarter. It's not more accurate. Well, what do we do with that then, right? Do we continue to choose pessimism or is there a a value in attempting or learning how to take a more optimistic viewpoint on life, on people, on the future, um, because possibly it will have a real impact, right? And whether it has a real impact or not, whether you believe that or not, uh, you might also be more accurate in being optimistic. Um, and so that's something that I have been questioning for myself, right? And one thing that I am realizing is that what I have in my subconscious belief system is an underlying feeling that there's always kind of like a a trick, right? There's always this possibility of the worst case scenario. And so even when I want to be optimistic, that like possibility of a worst case scenario creeps in and it's it kind of takes precedence, right? It makes me feel things like, well, don't tell anybody this yet because what if it doesn't work out? Or maybe you shouldn't do this because, you know, this could happen, right? Um, and and so I really wanted to share this because I, for one, it's my desire to influence my children to have more more of an optimistic viewpoint, right? To see how important and impactful their thoughts and their beliefs 
day-to-day are. And part of the reason for that is because as I do this work to change my thoughts and beliefs, as I do it daily, because for me, it is a process based on the fact that I'm so deeply ingrained with this more negative perspective, I do see a big difference in my daily experience. I do see not only a big difference in my daily experience, but how I view the future. I see more positive things in my life because that's what I choose to focus on, right? And I think I'm coming from a perspective because there's there's definitely different schools of thought and teaching on, you know, keeping your vibration high, positive energy, you know, you are what you believe, uh, we're a, fr- a reflection of what's inside. And I think that's really hard for many people to accept. Uh, it's hard for me to accept because when I look at the things I don't like in my life, if I see them through that perspective, then it's my responsibility, right? Uh, I'm the only one that can change things. But one thing that I just have seen consistently be true is that it is real, that when you when you choose this pessimism or this negativity, you will find more of it. And it's even more prevalent now because not only are we thinking and finding these things, but we have the internet in the very palm of our hands at all time, at all times, that literally has an algorithm that is feeding us more of what we choose to watch and listen to and read. So we are inundated with all of the negative negativity and pessimism that we could possibly want if that's what we choose, right? But you can also change your algorithm. You can change your algorithm online. You can change your algorithm in real life. And this passage of this book to me is a very literal example of how things aren't just necessarily set up to be bad. Things aren't just necessarily, every time we think that the world is going to hell in a handbasket or, you know, this person in power means that we're going to all starve to death or, you know, these certain things that these brands are doing is, are going to make us, you know, make our children all turn into Satan worshipers. Um, it really, like, I'm not denying that there are dangers. I'm not denying that there are things to be aware of, right? But I do believe, I personally believe in a divine power in God. And I believe that if I'm going to put my trust and my faith in a God that is that powerful, like, I wouldn't want to believe that God is any less powerful than omniscient and omnipresent and more powerful than any dark or negative force that exists, right? So if I'm going to put my trust and my faith in God, it is impossible for me to, at the same time, put more trust and more faith into the power and force of negativity and evil. 
You may say, well, you know, God, God is not here right now, but that doesn't make any sense to me, right? Like I look at nature and I know God is here. I look at my baby and I know God is here. I, I look within and I take a moment of stillness and listen. And I know that God is here. God is in everything. I believe that God is the very energy that makes up our physical world, our spiritual world, all of it. And I believe that scripture backs that up. So for me, it is still a journey to, to do a, uh, well, I'm trying to think of the word, like a faith transfer, right? Because I'm so used to putting my trust in the worst case scenario and what's going to go wrong. But when I choose to instead put my faith in God and put my faith in love and to unabashedly and unapologetically expect good things, it changes my entire world. And I believe that the more that I expect good things without that like underlying, you know, kind of precursor that, oh, it, it would love, I would love for it to be good. It's not the same to say, oh, I would love, you know, I'd love for this good thing, but, but just in case I'm going to, you know, keep this worst case scenario in, in mind. That's what we think that's faith, but that's not faith in God. That's not, that's not really, that's keeping more or as much of your faith in the worst outcome. And so I think to truly experience the joy and the peace that comes with with understanding how things work and understanding that we do have the reciprocity over our experience in life and that that there are good things for us here, that God is good, that this life isn't just all turmoil and sadness and depression because it can seem that way so easily, right? That's most of what we see. But I would argue that the reason that that's most of what we see is that even those of us that believe that we believe, even those of us that believe that we have faith in a, the highest, most perfect, pure and loving divine power that is God, we're still putting more of our faith into the fear and into the lack and into the worst case scenario. And therefore, we both collectively and individually perpetuate more of that bad than we do good. And so if you're listening to this episode and you're one of those people that realizes that you you tend to gravitate towards the worst case scenario or how things are getting worse and worse, please do not feel judged. This is not a judgment because I myself can relate to you completely. But I do hope that in listening to this, it might inspire you to question whether that's reality and whether that's all true and all inevitable, or if there is another reality available to you. 
if there's another reality available to all of us, one that we have a lot to do with creating. And maybe, just maybe, instead of experiencing all of that depression and negativity, and instead of making that way that your way of connecting with others and feeling like, oh, we're so smart because we can see what's coming. Maybe there's something even greater available to you. Maybe there's more connection in bringing people up because you understand that the worst case scenario is not inevitable because it's truly not. That is a figment of our imagination. That doesn't mean that the, the worst case scenario does not happen. I'm not saying that because it does happen for some people, but I do think that because of collective belief systems, because of belief systems of the people that are in hierarchy, those things happen when they don't necessarily have to, right? So if this, if you're hearing this and this is something that you struggle with, be inspired and be encouraged because even in the simple passage of this book, you can see that in real time in history, you know, the worst case scenario continues to be predicted over and over again. And yet here we are. And there's still a lot of good for us in this world. There's still a lot of joy and happiness and peace to be had. So go have it. Let's have that because it's here for us. And we actually live in a great time in a lot of ways. Right now, is one of the best times ever for all different groups and classes of people to exist. There's progress. There's less oppression. No, things aren't perfect. No, things aren't great. And some people may see progress as, as a, you know, a downfall. Um, And some people may see, you know, the past as terrible and we, we see all these different things, but let's stop seeing that and let's start seeing what we have here today in the present moment, what's available to us. And it doesn't have to be pessimism. It doesn't have to be darkness. It doesn't have to turn into all this hate and negativity. There's so much more. So explore it, my friends. And I'm going to leave you with that. I hope that this was helpful for somebody and I will see you in the next episode.